Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did get 30, 30, get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What impact will closing the clubhouse or locker room as a precaution for the coronavirus have on reporting sports? And is this something that could become the norm? The Tampa Bay Lightning have more fight in them, but is that a good thing? And who is the best quarterback for the Bucks, not named Jameis Winston? We've got all that and more to discuss with Tom Jones, my former radio partner and longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Uh, hey, before we get to, to some of the news here and, and talk to Tom, just wanted to uh, remind you guys that uh, we're going to do our mailbag show coming up here uh, in the next day or so. So send us your questions. You can do that on Twitter. You can reach us at Sports Day Tampa Bay. That's at Sports Day TB, at Sports Day TB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. So the email a segment very popular uh, coming up, so get your uh, get your questions in soon. Uh, Steve, the other thing that happened uh, as we're doing this podcast, they once again moved the deadline for uh, you know designating franchise and or transition players. It is now going to be sort of simultaneous with the start of the legal tampering period in free agency. Uh, they're going to do this thing. The deadline now for tagging players is eleven fifty nine fifty nine a.m. On Monday, the 16th of March, and yes, one second later at noon is the start of the legal tampering period in free agency that runs through the 18th at 4 p.m., and then at 4 p.m. on the 18th, everybody becomes a free agent that's not signed with their team. And 10 seconds after that 12 o'clock start of legal tampering period, 28 deals will be announced. Amazing how they can get them done so fast nowadays. I mean, it literally takes minutes, if not seconds, because... There's a tampering period before the legal. See, the reason why we call it the legal tampering period is a recognition that the illegal period has already begun. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, I mean, it, it used to be a sham anyway. So they're like, okay, so this is the legal tampering period. If you guys could just hold off a few minutes before we get to free agency. But I mean, everyone um, knows the illegal part happens, but it's like they don't even sure. try to hide it when they announce the deal as soon as the legal tampering period opens. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, yeah, trying. we did this. Right. We did this months ago. Wait a minute. You've had a girlfriend? No, you're getting married. When did this happen? You have a date already and a wedding dress picked out? And I'm just finding out about it. But, yeah, no, that's uh, that's what's going to happen. So, but And the reason for this is, of course, uh, the union can't get its act together because they've had this CBA out there, the 400 and whatever, 40-page document, uh, to all the players now for several weeks, and the union wants this to be ratified. They've recommended it be ratified. But now that the players have gotten a look, particularly some of the higher-priced ones like Richard Sherman and some others, like, whoa, 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 hey, not so fast. This isn't such a good deal. We should vote no. And um, so they're either one of two things are happening. Either the votes aren't getting in, period. They're not getting enough people to actually vote on this thing. Or um, they're trying to slow the process because – there's a number of guys who you know want to revisit some of the aspects of this deal. I'm just here to tell you I can't fathom that this thing won't pass because 
it's a majority uh, of the votes. It's a pure democracy, so you don't need a percentage. It's just a simple majority. And there are just so many more players in the National Football League that are guys that won't make it to free agency that are trying to get as much money as they can now and to hell with you know some player 10 years from now and what they're going to have to live under. I want mine, and I want as much as in the 18th game is going to put more money in my pocket. And if it's $250,000, I'm cool with that because that's more than I make per game. And, and you know, the people that are making millions of dollars are like, you know, there's not enough here. I'll tell you where it will really benefit a lot of the retired players too. There's huge bumps, um, you know, in pension and, and some medical things. Um, that's important to those guys if you were a player before 2012. So, um, I think this thing passes, but the deadline now for that is going to be, um, I think, Saturday. Saturday, 11.59.59. 59. 59 p.m., and then, it, then the clock strikes midnight, and we all turn into pumpkins. But that's the reason for this, this delay and, and why they keep moving the franchise tag back. Because if, in fact, at least we'll know now whether that passes or not, by the time they get to Monday's uh, franchise player deadline, we think. Because I mean, it, we're not sure if there'll be well, some hanging chads or anything yeah, like that that we true. have to deal with. I mean, that's true. Who knows? Could be a recount. But if assuming they have some outcome, yeah, if it's and, within like you know the like five percent or a half percent or something, do they have to mandatory recount? Is I don't know. As soon as CNN calls the race for one of these one of these uh, CBAs, and they say if they pass it. That means you only have one tag. You can either franchise or put a transition player tag on a player. If it doesn't go through, if it's not ratified and you're playing under the last year of agreement rules, then last year of agreement rules means that every team has has two tags, right? Transition and franchise. If you don't think that's important, consider a team like the Dallas Cowboys, right? Who are probably going to franchise Dak Prescott, but oh, by the way, they sure would love to keep Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. you know? And, and they don't have a deal with him yet. So they could use that transition tag on Amari Cooper. So for some teams, this is really, really important. And for others, I think like the Bucks, I'm still convinced that they're not going to use both tags, that they'll probably franchise Shaq Barrett and that Jameis Winston um, will more than likely become a free agent. Again, doesn't mean he can't resign with the Bucks, um, but you are rolling the dice as you try to look behind Tom Brady's door number two. Um, so all of that's going to come down. It's going to be a wild Monday. And uh, Adam Schefter better have all his phones charged, all three of them, so that he can get the get the news in as quickly as possible. And then uh, that's usually how it goes. Hopefully, we'll get some news ourselves. Um, but you know, sometimes it doesn't happen that way, and we'll pass it along when we when we find out. So, big day on Monday as far as free agency goes, uh, and also get your uh, get your email bag questions into us, and uh, we'll ask, answer as many of those as we can. Uh, before we get to uh, free agency. And you can bring anything to the party. Of course, the Lightning, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, as baseball is starting to crank up. March Madness. Blake, March Madness is coming. You know what? Uh, the next thing, that the other thing that happened, of course, all these major sports leagues, and we'll talk about this with Tom here in just a minute, but all of them have decided uh, to close the locker room with respect to reporters. Um, only, only uh, you know, vital personnel. Uh, well, is allowed yeah, at key all. personnel. Like, I, I, you know, even like in baseball, the scouts are not allowed in the locker room. It's only that's right. It's basically the traveling parties. You, you know, your GM, your assistant GM, interpreters, and you know, Equipment essential guys. staff. You know, your your PR yeah. staff that that mm-hmm. goes with. But I mean, there even a lot of team personnel are out out. That's right. No one's going to come in that in that clubhouse, and that's to help help to prevent the spread of, of coronavirus. Um, both protecting their their players, obviously, and also protecting uh, the media that covers the team as well. Um, 
it, it's a little bit of a rash step. I don't, you know, um, but but again, if, if you're a journalist that's 60 or older, that does not include me, by the way. But if you were, you're more vulnerable uh, to, uh, uh, you know, to, to have more severe symptoms and or and or perhaps death. Uh, and so you don't want to expose those those ladies and gentlemen that that might be working in in that clubhouse in that capacity. Um, but it's uh, I think we are so close, and it's happened in other countries already. I think we're really close. Think about March Madness, and not that the NCAA does anything quickly, right? But that's cranking up here next week. Conference tournaments uh, are going on now. I mean, how about the conference tournaments? Like there are some schools, right? that are not allowing their students, they're going to do everything online. They're not allowing their students mm-hmm. to go to class because they don't want a big gathering. You know, some of these classes have 200, 300 people in them. They don't want a big gathering within, uh, within the campus. But then you're going to, have a, you're, then you're going to host the SEC tournament at Vanderbilt. In yeah, well, Vanderbilt's like, one of those schools that are doing exactly. moving online. So wait, let me get this straight. So how are you going to then have the tournament but then tell the students they can't get – it's really, really complicated. But I think we are also close to the next step is these games are going to be played without anybody watching, you know, without anybody in the stands. Well, uh, we know that the NCAA can't do that. They don't have enough money to pay the players, so they've got to make sure they get that revenue oh, coming yeah. in from, from tickets. Right. Well, the, the big revenue they got to make sure is that Jim Nance and CBS are calling the game. Hello, friends. Here we are at the Final Four. Um, and that boy, think about that. I mean, all the, all the preparations that have gone into the final four and things, it'd be one thing. And, and by the way, you know, we can't have nice things. Tampa is hosting a first, of course they are. Of course, Tampa is hosting the men's first and second round mm-hmm. regional or, uh, uh, semi-five, what is going to be the first and second first round, and of, the second round yeah, first of the, round of the NCAA yeah. final four tournament. And, and it might be played before an empty Emily arena because that's just the way it goes. Right. Um, Just think of all the events coming to Tampa right now. I mean, you got the Grand oh, Prix this week. You have got the golf tournament next bar, week. Yeah, you got the NCAA tournament first and second rounds. You've got WrestleMania opening and day. all the events around that opening oh, day. WrestleMania is huge. Yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, and there's all yeah. kinds of events around that. Uh, that you know, oh, starting yeah. like Thursday that week, there's events That's every right. night for that. All the planning, all the revenue, and, and it, you know, just people that planned on. Tra- I mean, look, we know air travel. The airlines are cutting back their flights because they're getting hit hard. Hotels and restaurants, obviously, people not wanting to 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 you know to go maybe to Tampa for WrestleMania may decide to cancel trips. I mean, there's all kinds of of, of economic impacts to this. So we'll talk all about that uh, with Tom Jones. But I, I thought it was interesting that um, you know that that all these sports leagues have taken this step uh, and and the implications of that we'll get into. But but I really think we are very very close to seeing. I believe I saw where like the San Jose um, County or the area out there in California um, has already banned gatherings of more than so many thousands of people. And it's going to affect the Sharks uh, in their ability to uh, to host games um, when they're playing out there. So it's already begun. You know, we're already at that point. So uh, a lot of implications for that. Tom Jones joins us now. And uh, Tommy, uh, let's talk about uh, something serious and also something that's all over society, including the sports world, which is the uh, coronavirus and response to it. Several leagues now have uh, come out and have uh, banned access to their locker rooms, um, Major League Baseball being one of those. And you know how much uh, time those guys spend uh, in the clubhouse. You know, every day I think it opens, what, three and a half hours before mm-hmm. the first pitch. Just just your uh, you know, your thoughts about that and, and, and how – 
where we're headed. I mean, this seems like the 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 next step, and, and it's happened in other countries. Might be uh, games played, you know, before a before no studio audience, and you know, you might have empty stadium soon yeah you know what i've been writing a lot about this uh, uh for for pointer uh, and talk mm-hmm. just in general about coronavirus and what what people are doing and and you know we've had big events canceled like the south by southwest conference yeah. um you know now we're talking about sporting events and the thing is now rick i mean it, on one hand it seems like man is some of this just an overreaction on the other hand we don't really know what we're dealing with yet and that's what and that's the, that's the hard part of this is i think everybody's intention is in the right place you know everybody's mm-hmm. trying to do the right thing because we don't have a, a real good handle on how severe this thing is how severe it could get nobody wants to uh nobody wants to put anybody in danger having said all that this you know let's talk about the sport like how it affects uh the sports world and let's start with media access which now is Major League Baseball has joined the NHL and the NBA in terms of keeping the media out of the, the locker room. And I don't know, Rick, I, first off, let's, let's attack this part. It matters in terms of coverage. Now, you can talk, you can speak to this, Rick. You spend a lot of time in locker rooms. I spend a lot of time in locker rooms over our careers. Yeah. It matters. It's For people to say, oh, it's not that big a deal, you can just interview people outside the locker room in, in mixed zones. Like they, For the Olympics, they have something called mixed zones where the athletes sort of walk by and you're behind a gate and you yeah. sort of, you know, it, you interview. Or I think what the Lightning is planning on doing, from what I understand, is they'll bring players out at some point yeah. and, you know, make them available outside the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you think that that the coverage is going to be the same. You can tell people, Rick, they're wrong. Like that locker room access is important for, for, for journalists. Oh, it absolutely is. And, and I think, you know, I mean, much like it, it varies sport to sport, right? I mean, in terms of how much time you spend with players, I mean, clearly in baseball, it's the lifeblood um, of, of re- reporting on a baseball team simply because they play so many games. There's only 25 players on a roster um, like I said, the clubhouse opens for a seven o'clock game at three thirty. You have you have a lot of time, and you, you form you, you form relationships. It's a little bit like, um, you know, the difference in, you know, meeting somebody, uh, you know, at Starbucks versus in their home. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, when you go to somebody's somebody's home, they're much more at ease. Um, you know, and and not to mention the access. Instead of instead of having to rely on a PR guy to bring you a player in a mixed area, um, you can see, hey, there goes you know this player over here. I need him too. And then and, and oh, oh, by the way, we had a conversation that somebody joined into. I mean, things just happen organically in there. And and what you see, and and sort of the interaction between players spurs thoughts, spurs stories. Um, and without that access, it does change the coverage. Now it doesn't, you know. We're still going to do our job. I know Mark Tompkins will do a great job, but you know the readers are the ones that are going to suffer. And, and having said all that, though, Tom, I mean, you know, I don't think there's any reporter that you know wants to uh, be endangered, right, by by mm-hmm. the proximity of somebody that might be infected or bring an infection, you know, to a player unwittingly, because we don't know a lot about this virus and we don't. You know, uh, the testing in, in this country is not what it should be yet. So there's bound to be, you know, thousands and thousands of more cases than we're even aware of. I mean, if you look at what's happening in Italy right now, it's scary. It's a pandemic. There's no doubt about it. And so I, I kind of understand and I appreciate because I was on the other side of this a little bit 
Um, it wasn't it wasn't a virus that was this easily spread, but nonetheless, um, you know, back in like 2013, the Bucks had uh, cases of MRSA. Sure, you know, and multiple cases. Um, Carl Nix and and uh, you know uh, uh, the the place kicker at the time, Lawrence Tynes, and then right. eventually Jonathan Banks. They uh, they actually had cultures taken. Uh, of some of their uh, staff infections, their infections. Um, when then we were in Boston um, or in New England for a week of, of joint workouts, and we were unaware of it until they got back to Tampa. A whole week passed. They had the building nuked, basically yeah. sanitized. Mm-hmm. Then they told us that there were three cases, you know, two cases, and then later three cases of MRSA after we had been stepping over, you know, sweaty pads and 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 you know uniforms and everything and else. Rolled so, up tape, yeah. All yeah, that stuff, yeah. So I mean we were, you know, had somebody walked in there with a with a cut or something and mm-hmm. um, you know, it could have been easily spread. So I mean from that standpoint, you like the fact that, you know, they're telling, you know, the media that they're they're trying to be cautious about it. But it absolutely does affect now here's here's I think I think if you take it a step further, I think the fear would be for, for writers and, and reporters and readers is that this will now become the norm. Right. right, that if they do this for a certain amount of time, for a good reason, perhaps, um, that they'll say, you know what, we can still get this done and not invite, you know, those guys or girls into mm-hmm. the locker room. Let's let's do it this way from now on, and that would change the coverage of sports. And I thought, what did you think of what Gino and Ariama said? Like he was, he thinks this whole thing is ridiculous, even not shaking hands. He goes, you know, I watched a bunch of players, you know, sweat all over each other. <laughs> Right. You know, for, for two and a half hours, and then they're told not to shake hands after a game. Right. Yeah, which is absolutely, which is absolutely ridiculous. But, uh, again, I, I go back to this, Rick. Everybody's heart's in the right place here. I think everybody's mm-hmm. trying to do the right thing. And because we don't know what the right thing is, yeah. we just they're, 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 there's a tendency. Maybe it's an overreaction, but you'd prefer an overreaction than, than an underreaction at this point. But, uh, but yeah, you're right about, I think the first thing that I thought of, and it may be selfishly because I'm not, you know, I'm not at risk for any of this and I don't do it anymore. But the first thing I thought of was, uh, this is going to become permanent that, that they're mm-hmm. from now on journalists are going to be banned from, from locker rooms. And the reaction that I saw on Twitter, including from some journalists, which really surprised me was that, ah, that, you know, maybe that's the way it should be. We shouldn't be invading. That's their place. We're invading their... their. Yeah, I read one of those comments. We won't mention who it was. That's a, um, It was absolutely ridiculous. Well, and we, and can't, I w- we can mention who it Well, was. I would... Look, I, I'll mention a couple of people I saw. First off, I saw Grant Wall, who covers soccer yeah. for uh, Sports Illustrated, came out and said, yeah, I never... You know, mixed zones are fine with me. And he just got lambasted by media members who, and, I, and I would suggest that anybody who says, like, I never really got much work done in a locker room, clearly doesn't know how to work a locker room. That's right. Because You're exactly right. Uh, it's not just about – there's a couple of things here. One, if, usually if you bring people out to mix zones or you bring people out uh, and say, hey, we're going to mm-hmm. make uh, – you know, say for, say for the Bucks, like for each week, Jameis Winston yeah. basically does work a in a mix zone mm-hmm. situation. He's at a podium. And yep. he comes out and you're interviewing him with 20 other people. And yes. you're not going to get any. You're not going to get any real reactions. You're not going to get any, any no anything in depth by talking to somebody with along with twenty other people. The yeah. other thing that people don't realize, and 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 you're you're great at it, Rick. Obviously, um, Mark Hopkins is a master at it. 
uh, I like to think I was pretty good when I covered the lighting is a lot of the conver- not every conversation you have with somebody in the locker room is recorded. No. Not every conversation is for a story at that moment. That's you go right. in there and you talk to players and you get to know them a little bit mm-hmm. and they get do you build up a trust and you That's have conversations point. that never make the newspaper. And it might great be about point. silly things like hey man, heard yeah. you got a heard you got a new car. Hey, how's how's your baby doing, man? And mm-hmm. And you have these long conversations, and then the next time when you come back to them, they're like, "Okay, this, you know, these, these, are, this, he's a good guy. I can talk to him." You and form relationships, yes. and that's that's how you do it because you're essentially there together, and and you you work on that in in those moments, right? In the in that access time that you have, right? And so that's how that's how you you develop these good stories. Somebody else made a point um, that I saw is that look after after a game. I don't always need the stars of the game. So if, if the, after a lightning game, I don't need to necessarily talk to Stamkos and Vasilevsky and Hedman. Sure. You know, maybe I want to talk to Anthony Cirelli about a play that happened in the first period that, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe wasn't the biggest moment of the game. And I, you know what? Maybe I don't want to talk to him with 15 other people. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm the only one that noticed something. Right. Right. And so that's what those mix zones create as well. And I'm, I worry that they'll, they'll say eventually, uh, and cause, because, uh, I'm sorry, I was, I'll finish that thought. I'm worried that eventually teams will, like you said, Rick, will say, well, it seems to work, you know, without the media in the locker room. Um, they're still getting their stories, but they won't be the same stories. The other thing that I'll have an issue with, and we saw this, Rick, was we see it more and more. It's a different time now than it used to be in terms of how we interview players. I mean, you're, not, you're in that Bucks locker room now. It didn't used to be a day where you had 15 people, like, like it, it's a moving pack. Like, okay, now we're going to talk to, uh, you know, uh, we're going to talk to Jameis at the podium. They're going to go to the locker room and now Donovan Smith's talking and then all 15, uh, now Levante David's talking and all, and the whole pack moves over to him. It used to be times where you'd wonder by yourself and get people and you could still do that a little bit, but yeah. not as much as you used to. And I'm, and the other thing is the teams have pr- provide your own media now, you know, their dot coms, yes. you know, and and I worry that we're heading in that direction where the only access, real true access, is, is going to be team access. Well, which, and which is not yeah. definitely is not writing the stories that the rest of responsible media are. Exactly right, and, and players now have social media to get their message out, and you know there's there's really in their eyes that they can control the message, and if they control the message, you may or may not be getting you know a factual representation of of who those people are or what the interaction is, and. Um, Having said all that, if their heart's in the right place, and, yes, and it again, is. You know, I, I don't think there's many journalists that would say, "Yeah, and, you know, not knowing what we don't know about about this, what I think is a pandemic, maybe it's a good idea." Um, but where does that stop, right? I mean, like at some point, there's all the concerns you just voiced, but but at some point, are you know? Are are we headed? If you're going to have a gathering of people, you know, do you care? If you care, it's great they care about the media and and their players. Do you care about the fans? Right. Do you care about the people that are sitting in in a crowded area watching your team? Um, you know, I mean, they caught they canceled Tom the Boston Marathon or not the Boston the the uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade in Boston. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know anything about that, yeah, <laughs> where. Where's all the green beer going to go? I mean, that's a big deal. 
You know, for cities to cancel something like the St. Patrick's Day Parade well, in this, Boston. I'm telling you, this South by Southwest conference that recently got canceled in Austin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'd read a story and I talked to some people from Austin the other day that this is a major economic impact on the city of Austin. Yes. I mean, this is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you have any people come in for that conference? Look, we're dealing with right. it at Pointer. I mean, Pointer, uh, you know, we, we bring people absolutely. in to have conferences and now. Newspapers and news organizations and television stations and radio stations are cutting back on non-essential travel. That means they're right. not coming to Pointer to uh, to have events, you know. And Pointer, we're in the process now of figuring out how to do all these things online for the moment. So, look, I, I and I get it. Like, I don't want people put at risk. This idea that, like, uh, you know, the other part, I don't, I don't know. There's a part of me, Rick. Like, again, everybody's heart's in the right place. Nobody wants to be responsible for people getting sick, whether it's their own athletes or whether it's the media. But I, there, people are just we're just flying by the seat of our pants here. I mean, this. I think, you know, somebody suggested, and I think they're based on, like, CDC recommendations. Like, well, we're not supposed to get within. You're not supposed to get. You're going to interview Jameis. You're not allowed within six feet of him. Is that? Is, is that? <laughs> that's really. I mean. That's been my personal rule. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I got it from Joe Redner in the strip clubs. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> that was always the rule there. It's it's uh, uh, listen. It's, I, it, it's it does just... get. Uh, it, you do wonder, you know, if if sometimes this this goes this goes a little far. Um, but again, we don't we don't know what we're dealing with. Yeah, here. we don't know and, what we don't know. Right. Yeah, and so I'm I'm willing to tolerate this until sure. or unless such a time that we know better. Um, but they, yeah, it. I think it's going to be hard. You'll be you'll be shouting questions if you. First of all, if if the group of reporters that they're going to have around these guys that they're bringing to um to the to the news media, um, are going to be packed around these people. <laughs> I don't. I've never seen a six foot space. <laughs> I don't I know. know what that looks like. We know it's yeah. like I've covered Olympics and and international events where like they they call it a mix zone. There's literally a gate between yeah. you and the and the and the athlete. And so the athlete mm-hmm. walks by on his way to the locker room. And, and well, that's the only way you could enforce it, right? Right. They have a gate and they actually divide it up between here's print. This is back. This is older. You know, when it was really a dev, uh, uh, difference between print media and, and electronic media and, and cameras and that sort of thing. Now everybody does everything, you know, you take yeah. video uh, while you write, while writing stories for a website and for a newspaper. So, um, you know, they, they, but they built they built the, they have these huge gates where you really just can't even get any call. And a player could doesn't have to stop if he doesn't want to or she doesn't right. want to. They can keep walking on by. Again, I get it. Hopefully it's just a temporary thing for two reasons. One, hopefully it's just temporary because uh it's the this um pandemic or whatever you want to call it eventually uh subsides. Or um or the other re- the other thing is you, you just hope that we get to the point where the media goes back into the locker rooms again because th- the thing I'm trying to stress here I get it I understand it I'm 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 cool with it for now don't tell me especially if you've never done this job don't tell me it doesn't impact the job because it does it absolutely right. does right for as much as as I I think nobody wants to go into a locker room where you know after a game um, is not always a happy place the team loses in the NFL they have a ten to fifteen minute cooling off period but you go in there you know guys are showering guys are i mean we'd all prefer not to have to do that but that is when you get that is when you get the best uh emotion the most the most honesty um you know uh you know you you see the interaction between the players that and you might learn about something that happened in the game um you know from that And, and there's just all kinds of 
of insights you can gain from it. So, um, yeah, that's, I, I'm just curious. Usually when they take things away for whatever reason, they don't always come back. Right. And, and that's true in business too. Look, a lot of people are going to find out what a video conference is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and absolutely. how much money they can save. Right. There's a lot of salespeople that are probably sweating this out. And, um, uh, and that's, I mean, we know what the airlines are going through and all of that. So, uh, we'll talk uh, at the end of the show. Maybe you will discuss the the politics of this a little bit. That yeah. some of the work you do on on, on Pointer. I wanted to, to ask you about the Tampa Bay Lightning, and you know, it, it looks as if now they they probably won't catch Boston anyway. Right. Um, even though they've they've you know we'll get into the game they played the other night. But you covered Steven Stamkos a lot of years, and and we remember. Um, you know, of course, the broken leg. He's had so many mm-hmm. of these injuries, Tom, and his career is still, uh, you know, despite all these missed games, I mean, he sort of has a Hall of Fame arc. We've said what's missing is a Stanley Cup, and maybe that'll still be missing for him. But here we are again um, where, you know, he's out for at least six to eight weeks. The earliest prognosis would be the first round of the playoffs uh, sometime, and then if not, maybe the second round. But they really don't know about this sort of injury first are you familiar with this type of injury in hockey is it fairly common yeah it's it's i i don't know how i wouldn't say i don't know if it's you could say fairly common it's not it's not uh, unprecedented i mean people yeah. get it i can now i covered a guy um years ago the lightning had a player by the name of michael renberg he actually there was remember chris gratton left the lightning a controversy yeah. you know he left signed a free agent contract and basically philly did tampa bay a favor and Phil Esposito, because Phil said, we can't lose Chris Gratton for nothing. So they, so Michael Renberg came, who was a decent player at the time. He had this injury, and he was, it impacted him for a year. Now, look, this was mid-'70s. Medical technology sure. was different then. Players come back much earlier. But uh, not uh, it's not an injury that, again – is the same for everybody. This isn't a orthoscopic surgery on the like on the wrist, and a guy you know does some rehab. Mm-hmm. And this is a sports hernia. I mean, this is a core injury. I mean, this is impacts everything a player does in terms of skating, in terms of shooting. I mean, think about Stamkos with that one timer, and then yeah. think about the push and pull on yeah. a core. You know, your on your on your groin and on on your lower abdomen. abdomen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a I, that's the thing I worry about, Rick. Is that he may be back in six weeks. He may be back in eight weeks. It seems like the guys who have these injuries, it's more on the 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 uh, the the conservative side when these yeah. guys come back. It's more closer to the eight weeks than it is to the six weeks, and and sometimes it's beyond the eight weeks. And it's they're never re- some somebody I read I was reading somebody the other day who said that they felt like it was they needed like an off season before they felt right again. You know, so I'm worried oh, when he comes back that he's. I mean, he may be able to come back in that time frame, and maybe you know his healing powers are different than others. But I would have a hard time imagining that if he were to come back, say, game three of the second round, that he's going to be the Stephen Stamkos we saw on you know February, you know. 1st well, he or couldn't be right because there's no yeah. way he could get them as enough conditioning. That's the other thing, in, right? Just in yeah. his body and his legs to do that. Right, and um, and we've seen him come back before. Remember when he had the blood clot issue? I yeah. mean, he came back for Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Final. Didn't mm-hmm. play a ton, but like played okay. You know, yeah. So he he's he's a he's a different. I mean, these are different people anyway. They're these right. are different. They're built differently than all, than most of the world. And that's what makes them elite athletes. But and his desire will be there, and I'm sure he'll work very hard to get back to it. But if you're, I'm not expecting this. You know, the 50 goal scoring. Stephen Samkos to be 
the Stamkos we see as soon as he comes back from this injury. Well, and, you know, there's what he brings to them in terms of scoring and power play and all that. But then there's also he's the captain, right? So, I mean, you look at all the eyes go to the next best players, which is probably Victor Hedman. Mm -hmm. Might even be, you know, like you've said before, we might look back and say he was the best player they ever had. Um, And then, you know, Nikita Kucherov, who – while we've seen him do some great things on the ice, leadership is not necessarily something he's associated with. No, and I so, don't think he's a very vocal guy in the locker room either. Yeah, so I mean, like, from a from an intangible standpoint, I mean, how big of a loss is this, right? There's the there's the tactical part of it where mm-hmm. teams don't have to sort of cheat towards his one timer, right, on the power play, and then and then there's then there's what you miss every day in the, in the, the tone that he sets and the message that he sends sometimes through the media. Right, exactly. And people might say, well, he can still be around the team even when he's practicing. I remember when he was going through that blood clot issue back in uh, right. whatever, 2016 or ago, whatever yeah. it was. And, um, and he was around because he was practicing. He was back mm-hmm. with the team. Uh, but he was re- – and we would talk to him every day in terms of, uh, hey, how you feeling? Do you feel like you're getting closer? So on and so yeah. forth. But he was a little hesitant to talk about team in general. He would say, you know, positive things like, hey, the guys are doing great without me. But he mm-hmm. wasn't the same captain Stephen Stamkos because he wasn't playing. There, yep. You have to play. And Stephen Stamkos yes. has so much respect for his teammates that mm-hmm. you have to be playing in order to, like, call people out and, and mm-hmm. say, hey, we need to do this better. We need to be better at this. And um, because players, players will, will look at you sideways if you're not out there playing, sure. Sure. going through the battles. And you're, and you, and then you're being criticized by that player. So, um, yeah, him not being able to to actually get out on the ice means that he can't lead in the way he wants to lead. He can talk to players privately. He can be around the team, obviously. He's mm-hmm. and look, he's earned the right to say whatever he wants, as far as I'm concerned. And mm-hmm. I maybe he, most of his teammates feel that way. But I know how Stephen Stamkos is wired, and he's not going to speak up and speak out the way he normally does when he's playing. And so. That they look, they miss him. There's clearly to me, they miss him. I mean, I've watched a power play; it's okay yep. without him, but because they still have guys like Point and Hedman and um, you know Alex Kalorn and and uh, you know Pat Maroon in front and all that. It, that, that, that. You're taking a guy who has one of the greatest one timers in the history of the game, who's still right. completely deadly with that thing. To, to not have him out there certainly is. Uh, well, and teams, teams can play a different way, can't they, when, sure. when, when you're not having to worry about that? Exactly. And so I yeah. think it's, you know, we're at the point now where um, they've gotten used to playing without him at times, but, mm-hmm. but you, you certainly you want him out there. And they miss him. They miss him. And I, and I don't know when you're going to see the, the Steven Stamkos out, on, out there again. It may not be until the second round of playoffs if you get that far, and it may not be till next season before he's the real Steven Stamkos again. When they write his career story, injuries are going to be a big part of it, right? I yeah, mean, and just, it's not it's for under. lack. It's not like he has a low, you know, like, oh, he's he's uh, he's soft or he has right. a low pain threshold. I mean, think about the things this guy has gone through. I mean, he he snapped his leg on a goalpost. I mean, that was Jeez. a freak accident. He had a blood clot. Like, how do you – and had a right. rib – but think about that. He had a blood clot, had, had a, a rib, rib removed. removed. He went into his yeah. body and tore a rib out, and he was playing yeah. like, you know, whatever, six weeks later, five weeks later. I haven't done that since Adam and Eve, I don't believe. You're right. <laughs> that's right, just, that's right. Yeah. And then, so, uh, and then, you, and then he had, the, um, he had, the, he had the, the knee injury, which, you know, most athletes at some point in their career, if they're, if they're um, unless they're really lucky, have a knee injury at some point. So these are things that can't. It's required, right? I mean, pretty James much. is going through like, it now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, 
it's the risk of, of playing a contact sport. And so he uh, he's dealt with all those things. He's worked very hard. I know he's frustrated. Um, and yeah. yeah, it'll be, and, and it happened at the worst times too. Not that there's a good time ever to get hurt, but I mean, yeah. this will be the third time now that, that um, either they're, they'll be either miss the playoffs or he'll miss playoff games because yeah. of, because of injuries. Well, it would be a shame if he can't make it back for the playoffs, not just for the lightning, but also for him, because obviously he's, you know, he's closer to the end of his career than the beginning of it for sure. He's a great and, player, um, Rick, but there's a question yeah. about Steven Samkos in the playoffs too. I mean, let's yeah. let's you know, let's be mm-hmm. honest about this is that he's played well at times in the playoffs, but he's really streaky in the playoffs. Yep. And if you look at his game seven career, you know, I mean there it's mm-hmm. not great, you know. And so, um they've they've come close to winning Stanley Cups and they haven't and I'm not saying it's his fault, but he has not produced neither a lot of his teammates in big games, but he has not produced in some of the big games, he needs to, he needs a, a a Stanley Cup to sort of um, well answer he, all the he'll questions. wear that yeah he'll wear that the same way Ovechkin did right until yeah, Ovechkin that's won. a great analogy it's a great analogy you know I mean he was the greatest player without a Stanley Cup all the MVPs all of that stuff plenty of wins you know President trophies all that and yet he didn't have the missing piece which which now of course he has. And and for my money, they're going to be very tough in the playoffs when they get there too. Absolutely. Um, did you watch? I'm sure you watched the Boston game uh, or saw uh, yeah, uh, lots yeah. of reports about it. Listen, first of all, what do you think of what Julian Breezeball has done, bringing in this, these physical, you know, this physical presence, and then just sort of look? I think that happened because the officials let that game get away, right? Absolutely. I mean, when they when they when they had a team jump on on Brad Marchand. <laughs> That was in direct response, you know, to Braden Point, you know, just getting tackled in front of a ref that wasn't called, right? I mean, that you players, you know hockey, players will take matters in their own hands if the officials don't do it themselves. I understand what the officials are trying to do in that game. That it was a, it was an intense game. I you know, I don't know that Tampa Bay was ever going to catch Boston anyway, but I think it had a sort of a playoff feel to it. They, it did. And mm-hmm. the, and the ref and the, the officials wanted the players to settle that game. And so they they gave him a lot of room. They gave him they gave him a long leash, and of course the the players broke the leash and just ran wild. And that's what players do. They'll they'll yeah. take as much as the as the officials will give them and then go further. And yeah. I I so I think the officials wanted to give both teams like hey we're going to give you some room to go ahead yeah. and, and play your game. But then what happened was they got out of it. They couldn't get it back once once the game sort of got out of hand. They yeah. couldn't get it back again, and they needed to. And that's why. Fortunately, nobody got hurt in that game for one side or the other. I thought, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a game that was, yeah, that that should have been officiated better. So I agree with you hundred percent there. As far as the physical aspect, uh, I I sometimes think that stuff is a little overrated. I think because once you get in the playoffs, I mean, this Lightning team has always been, I think, a gritty team. I mean, they they're yeah. not necessarily always a big team, but when you look at some of the guys like Stamkos when he's healthy, he's not a huge player, but um. But him and Tyler Johnson, who's sort of on a smaller size, uh, guys like Andre Plot, who's who's, Paquette, who's a decent yeah. size pocket. I mean, none, none of these guys, even even the Tyler Johnsons and Braden Points, who were smaller players, they they don't shy away from anybody. They don't shy away from any area of the ice. I mean, they they play hard. They play, they go to the net hard. They play. They go in the corners hard. So I've never looked at this team as being a soft team. But having said that, you know, to add pieces like Coleman, to add a piece like Maroon before the season, um, you know, to, they, they've, and Kalorn's a big guy. Um, so I, 
I do like that element of it. They they seem to be a tougher team. I we're not going to see any fighting in the playoffs. I wonder how much of it is a reaction to not so much what happened last season against Columbus, although Columbus came out and 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 overwhelmed them at times. It was two years ago, three I guess the year that they played Washington in the Eastern Conference final. Right. And there was a sense that that Ovechkin just ran wild over him, and they just physically mm-hmm. out, you know, wore out the lightning. And I think there might have been something to that. Um, yeah. Even though that game, even though that series went seven games, I, I think Washington was clearly the better team in that series. In fact, Vasilevsky like outright stole one of those games. That's that's that series should even have gone seven games. So, yeah. and I, I think Washington, you know, so it's as much I think they can play with. Look, I, I if I'm the Lightning, and I'll, I'll probably regret this now, but I think the Lightning will will beat the. Maple Leafs in a seven-game series. I think they even beat Boston in a seven-game series. I think this, really wow. Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, oh. I mean Boston for Boston can be a. They're a bit of a dirty team, but they're not a. I don't know that they're that like much of a physical like. They they're really good though, like, man. The old, yeah, they're, they're really, no, good, they're really good. They're really good. But I, I think when push comes to shove, we saw it a couple of years ago in the playoffs. I think the Lightning's just. I think the Lightning's just a little bit better than they are, and I like their mm. goaltending a lot better. But right. I think. Um, I think this beefing up and and trying to get more physical. I think this is this is in case you have to play Washington. I think at some point in the playoffs. Well, this was clearly. I mean, you know, I, I, look, uh, Stevie Eiserman could have done this when he was here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, Breezeball was sitting right next to him, and they went through a lot of these playoff experiences together. And for whatever reason, they made a conscious decision as an organization. You know what? We're going to get some guys in here that are going to be able to, to to pound back. You know, to to stand in front of the net, whatever it takes, protect our guys. I don't I don't know what the subliminal message is here. I mean, clearly, taking penalties is not a good thing, and they've taken a lot of them of late yes. um, because of the physical nature of of the way they're playing. And yet, it was clear to me when they played Boston, they they wanted to go out there and say, "This is going to be a playoff style game. We're going to play it that way." And oh, by the way, we're making a. This was more of a statement by the Lightning, I think. Is that you know? Hey, check check out my check out my friends over here. They're big too, you know. Mm-hmm. You want to be you want to be bullies? I got some bullies on my block. It's, it's right. just felt that way to me. I don't I don't know. No, and, I I think you're right. Maybe none of that matters when you get in the postseason, and then if you get in the box, you're hurting your team, right? But they don't call penalties. Well, that's the <laughs> thing. They don't call penalties in the playoffs, which means you have to be physical. You have to that's be able right. to withstand getting pushed around a little bit. No. They, does playoffs get physical? Nobody usually gets stupid in the playoffs. You know, you're not. Gonna, right. I don't think you. You won't you don't see intentionally a game like, take penalties. Right. Yeah. You won't see a game like we saw the other night against no. Boston, unless no. the score the score gets out of hand. Guys squaring off and right. Yeah. yeah. No, that doesn't happen in the playoffs. You rarely see fights in the playoffs, and particularly the deeper you get when you get into the second round. Oh yeah. Uh, you're not going to see much of that stuff. But look, I, I I was watching the other night. I don't know why I ended up. Watching, you know how you, you know how you get on YouTube to look at something, then you crawl down mm-hmm. a rabbit hole, and like next thing you know, it's like oh, four yeah. hours it's later. Oh yeah, three a.m. You haven't moved. <laughs> you're like, man, I really have to pee too. Like, what? I got to get up in two hours. That's what am I right. Going? That's right. And I got into one of those rabbit holes, and I started watching like <laughs> lightning overtime playoff goals or something. <laughs> and uh, and it yeah, and seriously, it started off watching like a like a, a an ABBA video, and then and then next thing you know, I'm <laughs> oh. watching lightning playoff goals. Yeah. Take a chance on yeah, me. That's exactly that, what it was, yeah. What, what is your favorite ABBA song? Take I mean, is there I, one that's just a go-to Probably to Dancing Queen, right? Dancing Queen. Uh, I think that's the. That's probably, yeah, that's probably the default. It's cliched, yeah. you know, but it... Yeah. But, but anyway... Only so 17. 
But go ahead. I'm sorry, I was a big. You started it. I was a big ABBA fan. We can go down that rabbit hole right now if you want to. I'll go all day. We will. That's what happened the other night. I start. I seriously, I clicked on this ABBA video about 11 p.m. And next thing I know, I'm watching lightning overtime videos, and it was like quarter to four. And so, um, but I'm watching, and I was watching the, they, the series against the Islanders a couple of years ago, where they, where Brian Boyle was just running over people, and like he looked like he was eight feet tall, and everybody else was four foot tall. And I remember that series, that got that Islander series. That was a, there was a nasty series. I mean, Jonathan Drewin got laid out at one point, and came back and kept on playing, and it was. Those are the those. That's when it matters. So it's not about beating people up. It's not about getting in fights. It's about withstanding big hits. It's about enforcing, you know, uh, imposing your will over other people physically. And that's what that's what the Lightning had a couple of years ago with the Brian Boyles and, and people like that. So um, it's a um, you know we'll, we'll see how how it all plays out in the playoffs. But I I, I like I like the look at this uh, the look of this team. They need Stamkos ultimately, I think, to win the cup, but. I like the way they're looking now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How about Fernando? How about Mamma Mia? That was a good one, too. Uh, yeah. Did you watch the movies? <laughs> did you see it? My wife's like... No. I, they yeah. actually did a movie about ABBA that I did not see. Was it good? I, I don't... I, uh, my, was, I haven't seen it. My wife watched it. Did Patty see it? Of course she saw it. Are you? It's to her, like Mamma Mia... You know, you know how like when you're flipping around. I don't know if you're like me. When I flip around, if I've seen Goodfellas, like oh tw- yeah, like I would all, a safe guess would be about twelve hundred times. That's that's oh, my I, guess. Goodfellas, <laughs> uh, a few good men for me, and right. then um, also Godfather, uh, obviously Sha- Godfather. Shawshank Redemption, yeah. Shawshank. So my wife, yeah. like Mama Mia, is that movie for her? No matter where she picks it up, but she's like Mama Mia, and uh, and the Parent Trap. And, Parent trap's been yeah, on a lot, yeah. That's that's all, every time it's on. My wife, it, Dirty Dancing. I've watched. I don't. I don't like that movie. I bet you that movie's been on <laughs> in my house seven times. In the, yeah. At the time of my life. yeah. Yeah. Okay. By the way, too, like Jennifer Grey's like what? She's seventeen. That movie. She's Patrick's, all right. Yeah, she's great. Patrick, he's like I mean, 34. She's, play, she's playing 17 in that movie. Yeah, he Patrick's, gets arrested in real life. Patrick Swayze, he's playing like 25. Who he looks like he's 42 in that movie. <laughs> The whole well, movie's he, creepy. I actually think he was like 34 he when he was. made it. He was like 35. <laughs> He's playing like a 24-year-old. I'm like... <laughs> Arrested in 49 other states. I was watching an old Saturday Night Live. That's another rabbit hole I went down the other day that was watching oh, a, a, a Will yeah. Ferrell video where he did... Uh, he was playing like a singer from the 50s, you know, he's like, a, like a teeny bopper singer. And mm-hmm. the, the, the first song starts off where she was only 17, 17. Next, by the, by the third song, he's like, all right, she was 12. She was 12. Years old. <laughs> <laughs> and you think about some of those old sweet 16 songs, it's like, man. <laughs> That's right. It's not, not good. Yeah. Not good, depending on how old you are. But, uh, Yeah. <laughs> How do we get? We went down this See, rabbit hole that's together. What I'm saying, rabbit so we got to start off gotta, with the lightning, lightning we videos. We got to dig our way out of it now somehow. We got to go. We got 
climb the Abba Well, you know, I, I'll tell you how we get out of it. I'll give you two words. Ready? Jameis Winston. That climbs I you. knew you were going to go that there because I was going home. there. <laughs> yeah. Instead of talking about what they're going to do with Jameis, because I think uh, as we do this podcast on uh, on a Tuesday morning for Wednesday. It's just, um, by the way, Rich, real quick, longest offseason in the history of football, right? Oh, my God. And they keep pushing it back. Like this CBA, they can't get, they don't, they, they can't get a vote. They keep moving the vote back. Apparently, there's a bunch of players that, that don't want this deal. I'm going to tell you it's going to pass because the, the, the rank and file are not guys making $25 million in That's the right. NFL. And if there's a, if there's $250,000 extra for me, I'm taking it now. You know, like I'll worry about, you know, all you guys that are in elementary and high school, they're going to be NFL players in a few years. Good for you. Get what you mm-hmm. want. Then I'm taking this deal because I got to, I got to pay for my family. That's how that's going to work. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Winston thing, I mean, that's all coming down. Obviously you get the, the deadline, uh, on Thursday as it stands right now for the franchise player. I don't think he's going to be franchised. I think Shaq Barrett will, um, they could reach a long-term agreement before that, but because of the CBA teams don't know how much money they have. The bucks have a lot of money, but there's a lot of other, um, things that have to do with the last year of a, of a collective bargaining agreement that we won't get into. But, um, uh, you know, Aside from, uh, I believe that Winston won't be franchised, which means he's a free agent, and he'll go out there. And everybody is waiting, okay, um, for Tom Brady, which we can talk about in a minute. But let me ask you this, because you've said and been pretty consistent, you think Jameis should come back. Yes. That they should try this one more time with him and Bruce Arians. Let's say he does not. Who is the best quarterback not named Jameis Winston for the Bucks that that you would think might be available now or or will be when uh, free agency starts. Um, my guess would be I I would or my pick would be Teddy Bridgewater and and the reason over, is over even a Tom Brady which you just don't think is ever going to happen because we can't. Well, have yeah, nice it's things, just hard yeah. for me to wrap my brain around that. It's just hard for yeah. and and I'm not saying it would never happen and I'm not. I yeah. really believe he's going to go back to New England, but I. If if he were to be available, I would love it. Like personally, that would be just fun to watch. You know, like Tom. Can you imagine Tom Brady in a Bucks uniform? And I'd like to see how that all plays oh, out. I can imagine it. I just don't know. I just don't know that my that I can wrap my brain around him playing for anybody. Quite honestly, right. let right. alone the Tampa Bay Bucks. As you said, we can't have nice things here. So why would why would that happen? But mm-hmm. um, Philip Rivers is that's he's just an older version of Jameis Winston, in my opinion. He's just you know a guy who who. Is just way too risk adverse to mm-hmm. to uh, to be effective. Teddy Bridgewater, I think it's a safer pick. You know, I, I think he's he's obviously a talented quarterback um, early in his career, slowed by injuries, and then he went to to New Orleans. He's going to get a chance. Played well with New Orleans when given the opportunity, and I don't think his. We've talked about this, Rick. His I don't think his ceiling's nearly as high as Jameis Winston. I don't think he can go out and throw for five thousand yards, but I'm pretty sure he's not going to throw thirty interceptions either. And I think he'll protect the football. And I think you can. I think you can win with that. I don't know if you can win big with it. I think you can. You could make playoffs with him, but I don't know that you can win Super Bowls with him. Um, which is why I keep coming back to the whole Jameis. You know, it's funny, Rick. I was watching. Um, <clears throat> I was watching Get Up, or and you know, you watch some of these shows, Get Up, First Take, all these, and it's amazing what the narrative of Jameis Winston is outside of Tampa Bay. And I get it, like. Like we, when we watch a guy like we've watched Jameis the last few years, we see everything. We see that we see maybe more warts than other people see, but we also see the really good things. And so I think only people who live in Tampa Bay and watch the Bucks on a daily, on a weekly basis can truly appreciate everything that Jameis brings to the table. But I'm watching some of these shows, and they, so they did one of them where they're like, 
they're comparing Jameis versus other quarterbacks, you know, who might be available, you know, or, mm-hmm. or, you know, where he could go and whether he would play. And everyone was like, Jameis versus Derek Carr. Oh, Derek Carr. Got to take Derek Carr way better than Jameis. Derek versus Mitch Trubisky. And these guys are taking Mitch Trubisky. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, mm-hmm. I just don't under, Rick, like, with, you see it because you're following this thing closer, as close as anybody, closer than anybody, is the feeling outside of Tampa Bay. Like, if he were to leave Tampa Bay, I don't know, would he start anywhere? Would anybody give him a starting job? Pay him well, the, 20 whatever, $8 million? I don't know. That This is the thing that I think um, the Bucs and Jameis will find out because I'm, I'm almost convinced he's going to be a free agent. And, and that's not to say that he wouldn't come back here. Um, you know, sometimes it's good you know, when you have a disagreement about value to find out what your value is. Now, it's risky because if you let a, a player become a free agent, he could easily sign during that tampering window. By the way, as we're talking, breaking news, we've got the NFLPA and the Management Council have agreed to extend the deadline. This is a second extension. It was yeah. supposed to be... It's supposed to be Tuesday, then Thursday. Well, now <clears throat> the deadline for franchise transition designation uh, for the 2020 league year is going to be at 11.59.59 a.m. on Monday, March 16th, 2020. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, by the way, the next minute when the clock ticks over, that's the start of the legal free agent tampering period. So you have right up until midnight – uh, to designate your franchise and transition players and then begin free agency the next minute. So um, this thing is wild. It's just getting wilder and wilder. What a, what a couple of 24 hours or 48 hours it's going to be. Um, but where I was is that I, I think, you know, that they're going to get – they're both going to get a look. I just can't find a team that you can say for certain. Now, you know, the Chargers obviously are going to need a quarterback because they've let Phillip Rivers go. They've told him they don't want his services – but the Chargers are in position to draft a quarterback. And now maybe there's a starting job where you become the bridge guy, right, mm-hmm. to the to the to the young younger starter. I mean, James is only twenty six years old. Um I think I think it's more likely. I mean, we don't know what John Gruden's gonna do. I mean, you know, I tell you what, man. You you just you think about that guy. He could get rid of Derek Carr tomorrow. His favorite quarterback is the one he doesn't have. If Jameis were a free agent, he may go all in on him. Uh, you can't predict certain things, right? There only takes one team to say, "Hey, I like that guy coming out of college. He played for the Bucks. Steve Young played for the Bucks. Uh, you know, Vinny Testaverde played for the Bucks. All those guys had great careers. L- let's go ahead and get this guy because I think he's special." Um, but, but on the surface, I think I think he becomes almost like a Ryan Tannehill was this year. I think he goes and backs up a wobbly starter, right? Um, and when that guy falters, he beca- he comes in and saves the day and becomes their quarterback. I mean, I just, I, I you know, whether that's Chicago with Mitch Trubisky or, um, you know, some other place where they're, they're not, you know, really in love with their starter, um, but they're not ready to kick him to the curb, which means less money. Um, and if he's going to, if he gets out there and he sees that that's the case, if he sees that, you know what, I'm not going to get a starting job out of this. Like, I, the best I can do is compete and or Maybe I maybe I go to Miami and you know they're going to draft Tua Tungavaloa, but I'll he's not ready to play. They want to give him a redshirt year, and I'll be I'll do a one year contract plus a club option down there, mm-hmm. and and I'll lead the Dolphins to an AFC championship. Right? You just don't know how this is going to play out, and and that's why I think you know there's a, there's a chance that he that you know the Bucks could look and say you know 
Brady didn't come here, and um, he didn't go to Tennessee either. And and Ryan Tannehill's not available. And our, we're looking at Bridgewater, Philip Rivers, and Winston. You know what? We'd rather have Winston. I mean, there, all of it is is a business thing, right? So I, I don't know how it plays out, but I do I do think this that, and I know the Glazers, you do too, pretty well, Tom. That right now they're going to go all in hard on Tom Brady. I don't know that they can get him. I don't know that they can get him. But they do have a pretty good offense and a head coach that a lot of quarterbacks that if Tom Brady picks up the phone and says to Ben Roethlisberger, what's it like playing for Bruce Arians? Or if he calls Peyton Manning or he calls Carson Palmer, what are they going to say? Oh, I, yeah, no, I could make a lot of re- – I can come up with a lot of reasons why it makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. the, the weapons that he has in Tampa Bay, the fact that he can go somewhere else and, and prove that he can – win with without Bill Belichick he can go to a division where it's he might you be where you to, don't have uh Kansas City and and right. uh you know Patrick Mahomes that you have to beat to get to the playoffs yeah I mean so there there I can make a case and it's not a bad case in fact I can make a I think a better case than than John Gruden can make in, in yeah. Vegas I think I can make a better case than Tennessee can make um mm-hmm. I think I can make a better case than uh any than the Chargers um so I, it does make but sense, it, but it just doesn't. It just doesn't happen here, right? Because they're the, they're just, the anti-patriots. I, I mean, don't see him leaving New England. I don't know. Well, you still think he's staying? I still think he's staying. So everybody I, else believes he's gone. This I is know, the weird right? thing. Like whether you talk to Peter King, according, I don't know what he's going to do, but it sure feels like he's going to leave. If you talk to any of these guys, uh, Jeff Darlington, for God's sakes, has a plug into them. They all really believe that. Like you know what, Brady. Um, fought for free agency. He fought a contract that wouldn't allow him to be franchised. He wanted to do a longer-term deal. They said one year, and he is absolutely, you know, looking for adventure at this point. In his hey, life. Look, they, he's one of those guys who never reveals much. That uh, yeah, we we truly don't know how he's wired. Well, he even said of, it. He goes, yeah. anybody thinks they know because he doesn't know, right? He hasn't gotten this pitch from all these teams yet. What if somebody dumps forty million dollars on him? Oh, and maybe the Bucks are that team. Maybe the Glazers. They might that be team that team who could throw them that kind of. I'm money. telling you, I don't think there's a price short of not being able to get any of their free agents back, like Shaq Barrett and JPP or some of those guys. I don't think there's a price they wouldn't pay. I'm telling Which you right great. now. That's great. And, I w- and if I'm the owners, I would do it. Oh, yeah. I would do it from this standpoint. And I'm nothing against Jameis. You can have Jameis back, and that's fine if that's what they choose to do. Um, there's a good chance they can win in the second year with him. I think Bruce Arians has voiced that, and I agree with him. I think they could win with Jameis in the second year. I think he would be better. He's not going to throw 30 because he wouldn't be left out there to throw 30. However, if they go this route, um, the one thing the Glazers want to be is what? Relevant, right? Mm -hmm. They want to be relevant again, and this brings you instant relevancy. What's the price of, of, of an empty stadium right now versus how many tickets do you sell the day after you sign Tom Brady? Oh yeah. Right? No, it's clear. Everybody's going to the games. Absolutely. That's the thing to do in Tampa. Sure. You know. And, and, so Yeah. No, you you become you become uh, and I, I, we haven't really talked much about this. The NFL's king, Rick, no matter where you go, including Tampa Bay, but I mean I think you can make a pretty good case at this point they're the third team in town. I don't that's not necessarily in popularity, but or an in interest, but just in vibe, you know, like the Lightning are getting ready to head into playoffs. I think they're going to have a good playoff run. Everybody loves the Rays, even though they might be moving as far as the team itself goes. Yeah, you know, everybody loves them, but won't come to the games. That's true too. But they follow them. You know, it's the. I think. I think 
you know, I think the the Glazer family would look at it and say, yeah, we're, we're trying to be relevant. I think you're right. I think they could make a big pitch at him. I just feel at the end of the day, I'm not sure he's going to leave. And, and if he does, I'm not sure he's coming here. And I think you have a quarterback you can win with. I know, I know it seems crazy. And, um, I just, I, I think Jameis, you got to bring, I like Jameis better than everybody else. Maybe even including Tom Brady at this point. I, I don't know. I mean, He's 40-some years old. Um, He can still play. He's not like he's decrepit. It's not like he doesn't have any skill left anymore. But these second acts typically don't work, right? Brett Favre came within a bounty tackle away from getting to the Super Bowl with the Vikings. Right. But I'm worried about about the offensive line in front of Tom Brady. I don't know that it's the the ideal offensive line to have in front of him. We talk about the weapons that he would. would well, have he, they're gonna Bay, they're but... gonna obviously they're gonna they're gonna draft. Uh, I can tell you right now, they're gonna draft a tackle somewhere. Um, they're pretty happy with the four of the five guys they got. I mean, Demar Dotson got old on them, and you know, Brady also gets the ball out quicker than anybody in the league, right? I mean, it depends yeah, with, on what with offense that with New England he does. I mean, I don't, well, well he, that's the he thing out here. Yeah, can he play that? Can he can he play under Bruce Arians? You know, we're getting five guys out, and you're throwing it down. If it, no, no, I mean Arians would have to adapt what he does, and he keeps more than capable of doing that. Let's like, of course, you know, obviously it's you know Bruce Arians knows what he's doing too. It would right. work. I think it would work. I just, I just feel like boy, you have a, a pretty good quarterback now. If you can just mm-hmm. fix him a little bit, just a little bit, Jameis, so you're like so. Throw, Throw like five less interceptions. <laughs> right. How about just don't throw, throw one in the first quarter. Just don't, yeah, go, just throw, don't throw, throw one in the too. first quarter. Well, and that was the outlier. I mean, even in his career, he hadn't had – he had had one interception in the first three minutes of the game in his career until last year when he had seven. <laughs> and he's so, never – I look, I'm, I'm, I've said this before. That's on not going to happen again, right? He's never – but he's never going to be a guy who throws five in a season. He will no. always throw a ton of interceptions. That's who he is. Just the way – that's the way always Brett Favre was – that's the way Ben Roethlisberger is. That's what they do. But I still think that you can – I think the ceiling is so high for this guy. These – you don't fluke into 5,000-yard seasons. You just don't – that's not right. a fluke. You're, you have to right. be really good to do that. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, what's going on at uh, Pointer.org? Of course, it's political season. Boy, a lot of talk about what we just talked about, which is the uh, coronavirus and – how that might impact uh, the election. You've got Bernie and Biden, and Biden off the mat, like no <laughs> political guy since the comeback kid, Bill Clinton, even um, thinks it was a comeback. I mean, what what are we looking at here with this uh, this political season? How's this well, going to impact everything? Well, here's, see, that's, a, that's the interesting thing about coronavirus is it's not just one story. It's not just a health story. It's a Yeah, it is a health story, obviously. It's a also a political story, and as we found out Monday, it's a business story as Financial well. Financial story, yeah, exactly. And that's what I've been finding interesting in this in, in all the coverage is that the resources that are that are used by the by the networks by news organizations, where you know a lot of times your health reporter you don't hear from, and all of a sudden now your health reporter's on all the time. And I I really like how the media is done in terms of like okay they got their health reporters covering health they got their business people covering the business aspect you know don't listen to a uh, somebody who covers the white house telling you about science you know that just doesn't that doesn't make sense it's it's uh and don't you know i don't i don't when i was working at the paper i didn't critique restaurants that's not my specialty i wrote about sports Mm -hmm. and so that's what i've been impressed with the media outlets where they've uh they've they've stuck their best people on their on the stories that they need to be assigned to 
And then the poli- and then the uh, yeah, we got we got more primaries coming up as we're t- we're taping this before Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the Biden. This uh, thing's over. This thing's I, over, right? I Biden's saw five. Over. I saw five thirty eight. Uh, the website. <laughs> it's a one percent chance. Bernie has. Yeah, he's, I think Biden's up to like ninety six percent chance of Jeez. winning the nomination. Now, obviously, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. You know, he's gotten all these people are lined up to endorse him now. Kamala Harris endorsed him. Pete yeah. Judge endorsed him. Cory Booker's endorsed him. We're going to see what Elizabeth Warren does. Yeah, my guess is Warren's eventually going to lean towards um, Joe Biden. And then so, Michael so Bloomberg's just, going to start throwing all kind of money behind. Oh, him. he's going to yeah, he's going to pump money into this thing. So, so just quickly, what this is a this is a well, look, South Carolina saved him, right? The minority vote yep. that came out yep. and all of that. So, so people will say, you know, you hear, oh, it's it's the um, you know the Democratic uh, machine, right? The uh, right, whatever you call it. I'm, I'm searching for the word I can't think of. The establishment. Yeah, um, it, that's doing this. Although the voters are the ones that are actually voting. Okay, let's just make that clear. Right. Um, they're not pulling the levers for anybody here. This seems to me, Tom, like in this political season, that people are like, we've got plenty of of upheaval in politics uh, and division. Um, we don't want a revolution with Bernie Sanders. Like enough of the revolution. Let's get back to sort of normalcy. Is that is that what the Democratic voters are saying right now? That's that, what that, that's what I'm reading into it. The way I, the way I read into it is that you're exactly right. They feel like there's a there's rightly or wrong. I'm not making a political statement here. I'm just no no no. I just trying to analyze right. this thing because and, it and happened, I know you weren't. He either. was dead in the water. I've never seen a candidate that had no pulse, no money, uh, put it all on you know all on red on South Carolina and came up right and 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 now now he's going to carry him through the primary. I think what there are a couple of things that happened in play here. First off with with Iowa and New Hampshire, which is where Bernie Sanders jumped out to the big yeah. league. They weren't truly representative of right. the Democratic Party. I mean, it was a little I mean, let's let's be honest. They were small states with few delegates and that right. were predominantly white. Mm-hmm. And then he went into South Carolina where all of a sudden you start to bring in more of an African American vote and then on Super Tuesday where he just like just like just killed pulled, it. yeah, just killed it. Just brought out and just like, you know, just swept the, and mm-hmm. and it was again, it was more representative of the Democratic Party. I think what happened, Rick, is that people look at Bernie Sanders, rightly or wrongly, I think people looked at it and said he can't beat Donald Trump. It when when, like we may like him better than we like so Biden. So this is about electability. This is about electability. And the contrast it would have been with a social Democrat, socialist right. Democrat versus. The most I think Democrats are looking. Are, have already fast forwarded to November and said who can beat Trump, and they gotcha. looked at Bernie Sanders. And rightly or wrongly, I'm not. I'm not making. Yeah. His, I'm just they, saying the, the way calculation maybe maybe calculus may be wrong on their part. Right, yeah. but I think they looked at it and said, you know what, Bernie Sanders can't beat Trump when it comes down to it. Biden can't because Biden. And again, I'm not. This isn't a political state. I'm thinking they're looking at Biden saying. We need he he can be the adult in the room again. You know, I, mm-hmm. just to return to normalcy, just to. Basically, just let's get Trump out. This is what Democrats mm-hmm. are saying. Let's get Trump out. Let's get Biden in there. Look, that was the whole rise of Mike Bloomberg for a second there is that they they looked at Biden. I think a lot of people said, uh, can can Biden get elected? I mean, is he is he a little, you know, is he is he can he can he last that long? Can he can he fight until November? Uh, Bloomberg, I think Bloomberg was a fallback. And then once Biden did well in South Carolina and there, it calmed everybody's uh, apprehension about him. And then, and of course, Elizabeth Warren destroyed Bloomberg in a debate, and then it became Joe Biden's to lose. So I think that that's what the Democrats are looking at now: is that hey, we can we can get a response, a responsible adult in the room who can go into the White House, return us to normalcy, 
And then I, you know what, Rick? I don't think we're going to see this again, where we're going to see a bunch of seventy-year-olds running for president. You know, seventy-five-year-olds. I think. I think the next election cycle, whether it be in you know four years or in eight years, I think you're going to mm-hmm. see. I think you're going to see the younger both uh, both parties. I think you're going to see younger people start to take over. Like when I the, say younger, uh, baton, I'm talking about the baton that uh, passed to a, a new generation. Yeah. Era. Yeah. I mean, we no, saw we saw it even with Obama, you know, he and Clinton, yeah. you know, where they went a little mm-hmm. bit younger. So, I don't think I don't uh, think we'll see these guys. These you know, are, this would be the whoever wins. It will be the oldest president we've ever had, right? Right. And there's By the already time his talk term that, is over. that yeah. if it's Biden, that he wouldn't even run for a second term. So we'll see. Right. Well, he's 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 discussed that at least initially. Well, I, can, it's yeah, I, I can't wait to get to November. Like, just, can we just get to November? You know, so, and by that point, we'll know who the president is. More importantly, we'll know who the Bucks quarterback is. Whether it's going to be Jameis <laughs> Winston. You See. must be going crazy, man. Like, so I watch Get Up every day, and I like. I guarantee, you, like right now, it's I, like we're taping this on Tuesday morning. I haven't looked at the TV. Yeah. I, I bet you there's a a 97% chance greater than Biden becoming the nominee at this point, a 97% chance I'll flip on and Mike Greenberg's going, Tom Brady, where's he going to play in 2020? Just <laughs> that's all they talk. They talk about Tom Brady every single day. That's well, all they talk about. I mean, about. I've been in those production meetings. I mean, I'm writing about them every day too. And it, it just, it wears on you, but you know, there, there's no news here. There's just no news here. So you're going to, you know, we, we call it Feed the Beast, right? Yeah. Um, and, well, and I'm, that, I'm and not saying I don't watch it, and I'm not no, saying no, no, people no, aren't reading it. Like it's Part of the problem has been the CBA thing. People don't understand, like, these teams can't make deals. Like, there's a bunch of free agents that they would make deals with or cut. They don't know how much money they have. The Bucks do. The Bucks have a lot of money no matter what. They get, like, $80 million. This fourth most in the league. But if they, if they sign the CBA, this cap's going through the roof. Mm-hmm. And so they'll have a ton of money. Well, these other teams can't do contracts with their own guys, much less look at free agents. They don't know what they're going to have, and they don't know what the rules are, right? So right. there's ways you can structure contracts in the final year of a CBA that you that you can't, you know, that, that normally you would, wouldn't have to do it this way. But I, I'm not again. I'm not going to get into the complexities of it. But it's just until they keep pushing back this deadline. Like the union has had this deal now for weeks and weeks. They can't get their their members to read the 494 pages or whatever it is, or they don't like the outcome of the votes they're getting so far, and they're trying to extend the deadline, extend the deadline, but now they bumped it up right against uh, the start of free agency. So, like I said, one minute at 11.59, you know, um, on uh, Monday uh, or Sunday night, whatever it is, and then one minute later is the start of free agency. I mean, this thing is crazy. And so, you know, there, there won't be any clarity uh, until they until they get there and 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 it's just been one delay after another and so I, I think we're finally going to get to to March 16th now it looks like it's going to be the day for everything's going to happen presumably at midnight and so people could wake up you know the on the on the morning of the 16th and find that Jameis Winston is a charger I mean I don't you can literally do deals you know with a team you can't sign the deals but you can announce the deals um and at least consummate them, and 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 you know all this could be over by you know by. Well, I by think it the, might the be Rick because I think what's going to happen is it, it, it's a game of musical chairs. Nobody wants to be it really left is. without a chair. You know, it really is. Although I will say that the music's going to play until Tom Brady makes a decision. And if I'm the Patriots, by gosh, I want that decision right away. Like you got until March 16th when I'm looking at all the other quarterbacks, like with all the other teams. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be hard to do because he wants to hear 
from the Bucks. He wants to hear from the Chargers and the Raiders. And but if you're the and, Chargers, Rick, like, if you're the Chargers, let's say Jameis gets out, hits the open market, and you're the Chargers, mm-hmm. and you're talking to Tom Brady, and Brady's like, eh, maybe, you know, and he's sort of, you know, you're moving just, to the next guy. You got to take I mean, what what sense yeah, do I get? Am I really like in this or yeah, not? Right. And yeah. then if Jameis calls and say, "Look, I'll do a deal right now," I mean, if you're if you're the Chargers, yeah. do you go? Uh, let's. I mean, we have a. Maybe a twenty percent chance. What about of the Titans? What about the ten? You're the Tennessee Titans who made it to the championship game. You're John Robinson, right? Mm-hmm. And and Mike Brable is is Brady's teammate and and soon maybe a coach. And and I think that the best chance of any team outside of New England landing this guy. But if he doesn't make a decision, guess what? Ryan Tannehill just did. He just right. signed with another team. Yeah. I've lost my quarterback. And then Brady says, "Sorry, Mike." I'm going to stay with Belichick another, you know, another two years. Yeah, and now and now you're you, going. You've got you're no going quarterback. Like, yeah, you're going after like Cam Newton or somebody. Yeah, you know? or, I mean, like, like you're you're not. That's not a good place to be. So not only that, not only are you going for Cam, you're overpaying for Cam Newton. You're absolutely. overpaying for Derek Carr. Or Terry, Teddy Bridgewater is a twenty-seven million dollar a year quarterback because right. he's got Carolina and Tennessee wanting him. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden he's got leverage, and that's the thing. Like this is a year where you've never seen these names look. A couple of years ago, Mike Glennon, Mike Glennon got eighteen million dollars. He right. was the hot, he was the hot guy. He was the guy that went to Chicago as a starter mm-hmm. a few years ago, right? Right, right. We well, never seen these names out here like this. That's why people are losing their minds. But yeah, you know, we'll know soon enough. So go to go to uh, uh, pointer dot org. Get p o y n t e r dot o r g. Yeah, and, and get Tom's uh, newsletter. Sign up for that, and you'll get. Politics, coronavirus, and uh, lots of sports. <laughs> well, you won't actually get on. coronavirus. I well, it's possible. <laughs> you'll Keep get the six foot roll. You will. To be honest with you, <laughs> I, it's good practice, Tom. Whether we've been on the road or not, we've always maintained the six foot rule. It's not nearly as fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a lot better if you're closer. <laughs> That's Just right. saying. Yeah. All right, Tommy. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Rick. All right, always great to catch up with Tom. Uh, remember now, we're going to have our mailbag this week. Get your questions in. You can do that by reaching us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. My email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Tomorrow on, on the uh, program, on the big show, we'll have a chance to talk to uh, Joey Knight, who covers the University of South Florida Bulls for the Tampa Bay Times. They had their first spring practice the other day under Jeff Scott, and, of course, their game is coming up as well, so we'll – We'll check in with Joey Knight, and not much is known about the Bulls because it's it's a whole it's a whole new team, man. And those I was reading some of the things about um, you know how the coaches uh, uh, they 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 didn't really look at a lot of tape as far as last year goes. I mean, everybody's got a clean slate, so that'll be interesting. The Lightning are off tonight, but they'll host uh, Philadelphia uh, at Amelie Arena coming up on uh, Thursday, uh, so that'll be something to watch for too. Anyway, uh, check with us back tomorrow. Joey Knight on the program, your mailbag. Get those questions in. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.